from my oldest daughter that said, CFA, that's Chick-fil-A, on me today. All you can eat. All right. So that, yeah, it says today only. Um, she, yeah, real funny. All right. So that was payback, though. One time we were at the beach on a Sunday afternoon. We were like, guys, we're going to go get whatever you want, Chick-fil-A. These, they were pumped. And then they realized it was Sunday. So paybacks, real funny. All right, so good stuff. Um, we have school supplies next to you on a seat near you. You should have a rectangular sheet of paper. If you don't, we can get you one of those. Um, it has the school supply list on it. Um, just a couple updates concerning Medell Elementary, and you guys know that that's one of our, I mean, uh, ministry partners uh, and where we do ministry uh, this year. Uh, if you are a, a volunteer who is, uh, has gone through the county volunteer system, uh, they're called a approved volunteer. That is not an approved volunteer, all right? Um, and so if you're online, a music stand just fell, so that was cool. All right, um, so an approved volunteer, which we encourage you uh, to do if you're going to be participating at Bedell Elementary, um, you're gonna be allowed to go in and have a, a reading buddy, all right? They're not gonna teach you to read, you're gonna work with them on that with sight words, uh, things that are very important as, as, the, as the school year continues on. Uh, they are looking for mentors, all right, who can commit to uh, once or twice a month to just go have lunch with a kid, all right, and it would be the consistent child throughout uh, the year. So if, if, if that stuff strikes you, um, you're going to be able to come and serve breakfast, opportunities to do that for the teachers and the staff. Um, so I'm just making you aware that things are somewhat getting back to normal. And, uh, but one of the things that we're doing is this year's a little bit different. Um, orientation, we're going to provide school supplies like we've always done, uh, minus the back to school bash this year. All right, we're hoping to get back to that next year. But, uh, and the school supplies are on that sheet. And here's what I would ask you, all right? If you've ever organized an event um, and you're like, hey, bring baked chicken, broccoli, and cheesecake. And inevitably, somebody shows up with, you know, well, it's my grandma's lasagna. It's just, what are you doing? All right? <laughs> there, there was a plan, man. So these, these are the supplies that they need, Okay? And so we would just encourage you, I encourage you, uh, get the supplies that are on that list. It will help them out greatly uh, to get the year kicked off correctly, all right? And if you're like, hey, I want to buy 475 binders, awesome. Can you let us know now, though, that you want to do that? Because we want to send out updates on where we're at and how many of those supplies that we need, all right? Uh, but we want to really get those kids started in the right direction. So uh, if you also would just like to give a monetary gift, I know life stage affects how we can get out and move. Um, and so, you know, if you have three kids under three, the last thing you want to do is another Walmart trip, all right? And so I understand that. If you'd like to give monetarily, there's a drop-down menu. Uh, when you go to Lakeland Vineyard forward slash give, 
uh, .org forward slash give. There's a drop-down menu, and it says Medela School Supplies. It'll go directly to that, and we will be able to shop that for you, all right? So we want to bless them and be a blessing to them. Uh, it's going to be cool. If you have any more questions and you're thinking, man, I, I think I'd like to do that mentorship thing or that reading thing, um, we'll give you more information on that as it comes available. All right? Cool. Well, stand with me, if you would. Stretch. All right? You have the ability. Uh, in, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 25, 4 through 5, uh, says this. Let's, let's pray this together. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope in you. Amen. You can be seated. So that's our, our prayer for this series, The Jesus Way, this, this journey into, um, into apprenticeship into, of, of Christ, being a disciple of Christ. Um, and, and that's what we're called to do. Just We're going to be forward with this. Like That's what we're called to do. We're called to be hearers and doers of the word, not just hearers. All right, we're, we're called to do this stuff. And so as we continue, um, I want to I review last week. Last week was, uh, was uh, I liked it. I don't know. We, I thought I learned a lot. Hopefully you learned a lot. Um, but we talked about the importance of and the science behind um, your attention and where it's focused. If you guys remember, what was the, the quantum effect? Does anybody remember? The quantum Zeno effect. What was that? No one knows. Okay, good. It's, we're going to say it again, all right? We're going to review every week through this 48-week series. No. Okay, so here is the deal, though. Um, what we regularly focus our attention on, our brain becomes, okay? Just if you know that part of it, you can forget the quantum Zeno effect, all right? Um, but what we regularly focus our attention on, our brain becomes. We also learn Hebb's Law, and that is that cells that fire together wire together. That one's easier to remember because of the rhyme. And that neurological pathways are created as a result of our focus and attention. And uh, we also recall the mind, remember, is the one that's active, all right? The mind and the brain aren't the same thing. The brain is relatively passive, uh, we are, where we make decisions is in our mind, and so that is the decisions that then inform our brain. This is what makes those neurological pathways, all right? And so, um, and we're learning all the time. Now, you can choose not to learn as well, but I think in that, you're still learning not to learn, all right? So you're still making a choice there. And so we're creating these pathways uh, in the brain all the time, uh, obviously, there's a lot deeper science to this, but the natural conclusion would be if we desire to become more like Christ, well, to be his apprentice, then we have to turn our attention to Christ, like our attention, all of our attention to Christ, all right? And, and so this, of course, leads us to hiker legs, which is just a natural segue from science to hiker legs. All right, hiker legs. Does anybody know what hiker legs are? Raise your hand if you know what hiker legs are. All right? Tired, somebody said. What else? What would, you, what would be a guess? Hiker legs. 
What's that? Muscular. Muscular. Why, thank you. Um, yes. And so, uh, yeah, hiker legs, muscular, tired, those are both accurate. Um, it happens about when you're on a long trail, it happens about 10 days to two weeks in maybe a little bit longer, you develop a, a, a tolerance for the terrain is what hiker legs are, all right? And that's really all that it is. It means that your legs are now in shape. They're fit to do uh, the job. Now, every time that we've gone on a hike as a family, we, we just miss the hiker leg stage. So we're just tired, okay? And so, but once you get beyond that, um, you develop muscles. Your muscles begin to build up. Um, and, and during that time, obviously, you want to take in a ton of protein because your muscles are building. Uh, after your muscles build, then you want to move to like carbs to push you and give you energy. Uh, but, but here's what happens. Uh, for me, this is what happened is it doesn't matter how much you walk in Florida. It does not equate to mountain walking. Okay. So if you go out for a 30 mile walk in Lakeland, I mean, awesome, but go for then an eight-mile walk in some sawtooth mountains, up and down, up and down, and you're like, <sighs> okay, and you'll have your legs begin to cramp where they've never cramped before, and you did not know you had muscles there, all right? And so you develop this, uh, this hiker leg. Now, here is the deal. Um, here's what hiker legs, this is what it doesn't mean, all right? Uh, it doesn't mean that there will be no tough sections of the trail to come, right? It doesn't mean that. It, you all of a sudden don't have, you know, your legs are just gigantic, your calves are huge, and you're just, you know, and you're charging through everything. There's really tough sections on trails, right? And, and so you still find yourself tired, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that you will not fall. You will fall, all right? You can ask my son. If you walk 2,193 miles on a trail, you're going to fall. I only walked 100 and something miles of it, and I fell. Bad. So did Jen. Jen, right in front of me. That was a slow-mo. That one hurt my feelings, all right? Uh, and then I got to do the same thing in front of my son, Caden. Boom! And I'm like... And so Caden is being very respectful, son, and um, he's like, are you all right? I didn't think I was all right. I thought I might have done something here, but I was fine. And he is like, uh, he's like, are you all right? And I can hear this in his throat, what sounds a lot like a laugh starting to happen. So I started laughing, and then he's like, ah! And then he's like, so we are in the middle of the woods, and I'm saying, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, but you'll fall. It's going to happen. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get injured. Even though you're building all of these muscles and around tendons, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get injured. It, it may mean that you will recover more quickly from an injury, or the up opposite side of that is you may finish the trail with a limp because it's not guaranteed that, you know, the, that, that healing process is gonna take place. 
Um, Here's what it does mean, though. It means that you have to put consistent time and effort into training. Consistent. You're preparing your body. The best way to not prepare your body for a trail is a lot of Chick-fil-A. I mean, even though it's blessed. Okay, but a lot of Chick-fil-A, a lot of Coke, a lot of junk, like, into your system, all right? A lot of soda into your system. That's how you don't prepare, all right? You prepare by doing walks. You prepare in the terrain. You prepare in what it's going to be like as you walk. Now, you put this consistent time and effort into your training. It'll get you through the tough sections. Um, It'll get you up faster when you fall. It might potentially make you heal uh, from an injury sooner, Um, But I thought about this, even finishing with a limp, you still finished well. And so I think about that and and the likeness of hiker legs. And I think about our spiritual hiker legs, if you will. They don't just develop. It doesn't just happen. When we talk about being an apprentice to Christ, it doesn't just happen. We have to focus our attention to what it is to do this, all right? And so the worst advice that someone could give you, I believe, is like, hey, just, just be more like Christ. Well, what does that mean? And I wanna break that down today because here's what my, my vision is this, that we would love, love people, that we would love God and we would love people, but I wanna take it down to the very beginning uh, of you and I is that we would be transformed from the inside out so that we can love God well and that we can love people well. And so this development of apprenticeship is a thing that we have to train in, all right? We have to do the things that will help us be more like Jesus. Obviously, this incorporates the Holy Spirit, all right? He's the one that's gotta push all of this, all right? Uh, But we talked about last week, what is grace not opposed to? Okay, effort. It is opposed to earning, though, all right? And so I'm gonna read a couple scriptures here. They're gonna pop up on the Air Bible there, and first one is Psalms 34, one through three from the New Revised Standard Version. It says this, I think. Yeah, there it is. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Matthew 13, 44 through 46 in the NRSV says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of a fine or fine pearls on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so the question I have for us today that I want us to con- contemplate, not only today, I want us to like take this home, I want us to contemplate, I want to contemplate it throughout the week, uh, throughout this month, throughout really, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not speaking like, you know, hyperbole here, like for the rest of our lives, I want us to contemplate the, these questions that we're going to go over in this series And the question is this, why is habit, okay, and I'm gonna put a slash in there, why is habit slash rhythm so important? Why is habit slash rhythm, 
And I'm gonna refer to those interchangeably today, all right? A a rhythm of our life, a habit of our life. Uh, I don't know about you, um, sometimes uh, for me, my, my rhythm looks chaotic, which is an anti-rhythm. And I, I thought about it today. Uh, I was gonna have the band do it, but it, I, it was just gonna be crazy. Uh, you know, have April uh, playing in the key of A in a 4-4. Four, four. You know, one, two, three, four. Have Ricky playing. Ricky doesn't play in keys. He plays in time. And have him playing a 6-8. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Have Rick play in G, opposed to A, and have Mary singing in E. And then Steve and Scott, just do your thing, whatever you want to do, all right? Scott's over there, okay? And uh, Steve just, sounds like he's playing an upright bass. The awfulness of what would happen, we would read about it in the ledger, all right? train wreck at Lakeland Vineyard this morning, all right? But sometimes we try, to, we try to operate our lives like that. We have all this stuff that's going on and, and there's nothing that's, that's actually turning into a rhythm. Now, what do you have when things work out? Well, it sounds a lot better, all right? There's cues that are given, there's things that are happening Um, that makes sense, and we saw that this morning. We saw this make sense, and Rick is right. In practice, we did get to experience that, and it was great, all right? It was really good. I'm not gonna call out who made the mistakes, all right? Is this side? I'm not saying names, okay? Um, No, but which, dude, it happens all the time. I remember the first time I led worship, I was strummed a G and sang in like Q flat. All right, which isn't even a thing. So, um, so anyways, chaos. Uh, if, we don't, if we don't choose rhythm and habit, I believe this, we're choosing chaos. I believe that's how important spiritual and sacred rhythms are in our lives. And here's what I recognize too. Uh, today I wanna talk about this grace of rhythm, this grace of habit. Um, I recognize this, that that. There's not one way to do this. I'm not, when I say habit or, or you know, spending time with the Lord, don't, don't get this idea like, oh yeah, I know this pe- person who's like, you know, they're 75 and they spend three hours a day praying and then that's just in the morning and then at night they pray another two hours and okay, there's not one way to do this. So that's the first thing I wanna encourage you with. But, but, but I do want us to understand that there is something that, that is changing when, if we wanna be more like Jesus. If, we, if we're in fact, if we've found this pearl of great price, if we found this treasure and we're willing to sell everything, that, that things have to change in our lives, all right? Uh, the psalmist there says, I will bless the Lord at all times. He is choosing to do that. That is a rhythm that he is setting up. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord that the humble hear, let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. This is a choice 
that the psalmist is making here. And the choice that I'm going to sell everything because I found something of such great value. So we have to come to that recognition first. Is Jesus in my life of great value? And is he worth everything that I am? And we might think, oh my gosh, I feel like it's impossible. I do, I, like I said before, I do believe it is impossible. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, I think it is impossible. So we, we might establish this thing called a, a rhythm of life, or in some traditions, it's called a rule of life. Oh, here we go, a rule. Okay, geez, I mean, last year at this time, I think you're talking about discipline, and now you're talking about a rule of life. Like, okay, I'm not about that, all right? I'm not a Pharisee, man. I don't need rule of life. We do, all right? It doesn't mean this strict thing that we're just like so rigid about and we're like looking to other people, oh, you're not doing that? <laughs> God bless you, like Southern God bless you, all right? And so it's not that. It's, it's what, we're, what we're pointing our attention to is our whole life centered on Christ. Are we focused on God? A life that is completely directed towards Christ and directed by Christ. Now, there might be some of you in the room like me, you're thinking, I'm not completely, what do you mean complete? Directed towards Christ. Don't hear me say a life that you're living perfectly. A life that is directed towards Christ and directed by Christ. And so, a life that is, you're hearing the good news, you're applying the good news, you're doing the good news, all right? And this way of life, these rhythms, uh, these are the things that prepare us daily to live life as if we believe that Jesus was the Son of God, the creator of all things, how do I know when someone's been on the trail for a long, long time? When I go and walk with them, I know. Because they are blowing me out of the water. And they're willing to wait for me. But what they're doing is not hard to them. What they're doing is killing me. All right? How do we know when we're, so, and it's not about a race with Jesus, but we know we can see it exude from people's lives with patience, with kindness, because they've been in the presence of a living God. And so when we create spiritual rhythms in our lives, we're actually laying foundational stones for soul transformation, for transformation in our relationship with God and transformation in our relationship with others by laying the foundation. Jesus said, right, build the house on the rock. That is Jesus. And so I wanna say this, the practices are variable, the presence is essential. The practices are variable, the presence are, is essential. The presence of God is essential to this, it's key. Someone for, I'll give you an example. Someone who talks a lot, too much, okay? We know people, everybody knows people like this. They talk 
way too much. You might be sitting there saying, you're one of them, okay? Talk too much. You might practice silence, all right? You might practice, if, if you're driven by everyone around you all the time, you might practice solitude and silence. You know, if you're an introvert, you might practice being in fellowship with people. And so there's all kinds of practices that we can put into place, but we're building a foundation. And here's what I know, God will meet you there. He knows you, he loves you, he cares about you, and he will meet you right where you are. And so hopefully that brings some relief to people, and relief is this, that that your time with God is going to look different than everyone around you. It's gonna look complete, it might look completely different. Life stages, life circumstances, um, even personality, it changes our availability, our sleep patterns, and our needs. So I just wanna say that again. The practices are variable, the presence is essential. How many of you guys have ever felt like, man, I wish I could be like that? I wish I could do the whole three-hour prayer thing. How many of you have felt like, how do you pray for three hours? You guys have felt like that? Thank you. Okay, yeah. How do you do that? How does a person do that? Okay, well, maybe you're not going to do that. And here's what I want. I want to relieve you today. God's not mad at you. But here's what I want you to, let's, let us all examine this. What is he calling me to do? Because here, here's what the deal is. Yeah, we're all part of a body together. We are individuals, but we're part of a body. There's a greater thing going on. And so what is God calling me to do? And I mean, we've seen throughout time that people have been changed in the presence of God. Moses is changed in the presence of God. Esther's changed in the presence of God. David is changed in the presence of God. Paul is changed in the presence of God. From the blind beggar to the woman with the issue of blood, from you to me, we've all seen examples of the presence of God change people's lives. I just had a moment last night where I believe, I know it was actually, it was a moment that the presence of God showed up last night at Starbucks. And, and here's, here's how it happened. I was there and um, was doing work, right? Writing bits here. And I see a friend, colleague show up, a former colleague show up. And he went in and I was like, I'm pretty sure that was him. You know how that goes. But they're walking in and... Uh, Pretty sure that was him. And I look down, and I'm thinking, yeah, I think that's his car down there too. So I'm just, whatever, I have my earbuds in, and I'm doing a thing. And uh, he stops. Hey, Andy. I was like, oh, man, what's up, man? I thought, that was, you know, I thought it was you. I was going to stop you on the way out and say what's up. And, uh, you know, we catch up. We do the small talk thing. And um, it starts to sprinkle a little bit. So I, I decide that I'm going to go inside, and I'm going I'm to do work inside. And 10 to 15 minutes later, this same person comes back in. And they're like, hey, do you have a second? I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, of course. So 
you know, pop the earbuds off and I'm like, what's up? And this person proceeds to tell me, hey, 12 years ago, some things happened. And um, there was this thing that, that came out and my name was on it and it said some things. And it was about other people. It wasn't about even between us. And, but he said, when that thing came out, I felt like I was ostracized by people. And I felt like you were one of them who ostracized me. And I'm like, dude, like in the middle of Starbucks, I'm like about to start crying because I'm like, I didn't even know any of this stuff was even happening. And so what he told me was this, he goes, I was, I was driving away and, you know, when he initially saw me, he's like, you know, there's just something going on. You know, it still bothered me. I mean, he's moved on with life and, I mean, he's successful in this and there was something that was bothering me. And so he's having a conversation with God and he's saying, God, it was 12 years ago and he felt like God said, so? So... He's driving home. He lives in Lakeland. He drives back to Starbucks, comes back in. And he tells me this. And I, am, I was so grateful for him saying this to me. And here's how I knew that it was, it was the presence of God in our midst was this, because restoration happened right there. 12 years of, of, of broken relationship, I don't even know. 12 years of broken relationship ends in the hug. Bro, it was so good to see you. Make sure I got his number, this, that, you know. And I thought, God, you are here in the midst of this place now doing restorative work. Like, just saw the kingdom of God at work right here because you're the God who restores. You're the God who, who brings about these changes in our hearts. And I, and I thought, I wanna know you more because I wanna be in your presence because in your presence is where I'm changed. And here's what I present to you this morning is this. How many of you are broken and desire to be restored? Don't answer it. How many of you are broken and desire to be restored? God is in the restoration business. How many of you have broken relationships that you desire to see them restored? God is in the restoration business. But I do believe this. We have to come to a place where we recognize that God is moving, where in our own lives there's soul transformation that is happening, that we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and we're saying, yes, God, would you come and move? I think it is so imperative that we have a, a, a rule of life, a rhythm, and here's, let me just encourage you. One of the, you rule of life, what do, you, what do you mean, Andy? Here's what I'm saying. Is it that you get up at 5.30? We're gonna go over some life stages later. Is it that? I don't know what it is for you. But I know it's being in God's presence. 
I know it's reading his word. I know it is praying. Um, I know that, that it is knowing him deeply. I know that it's doing the things that he's calling me to do and then the things that he's calling us to do as a body. I know that's part of it. How do I know the Father's voice if I never spend time with him? And so there's this desire for being restored in our own lives. Where is that coming from? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. Wow, things can be restored. I believe this, it is only when we magnify the Lord, as the psalmist said there, only when we magnify the Lord that we begin to love the Lord your God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when that begins to happen, there's something that catches fire in us. There's something that says I can forgive. There's something that says I can love well. There's something that says, wow, I didn't ever think I could do this. The only reason I can do this is because the presence of God is beginning to change me and form me, making me more like the sun. So as we continue to spend this intimate time with God, as we, as we begin to form this rule of life, and I want, rule of life is this. One of your rules in your life might be, on Saturday, I turn off my phone. What if the world falls apart? I don't think the world, honestly, is gonna fall apart if your phone's off. And if it does, you won't need your phone because literally the world will be falling apart. You'll be able to see it. That might be a rule of life for you. Well, what if Susie wants to come over? She can drive over. What if I'm not home? You're not home. She can drive back. This is how it used to be back in the day. Okay? I mean to tell you, you know, no one answers. There's two options there. They're not home or they don't want to talk to you. Either way, you're out. Okay? It might be turning off your phone. Maybe for you, you have noticed that in your life, um, We'll go back to the phone. Phone is a very popular thing to get rid of these days. Is maybe you've noticed that your phone keeps you from interacting with your family. So one of the rules of your life might be after 5 p.m., I turn my phone off. And what again, you know, we're so worried about not being connected. All right? It is so freeing not being connected. We can have a talk. Okay? Maybe one of the rules of your life would be that on um, Saturdays, I'm not doing anything. Nothing. You're not going to mow the lawn? Nope. No, I'm going to be on the back porch. This, of course, November. <laughs> now you're just, now, okay, uh, rays of sun, you're melting. Okay, um, no, I'm not going to do anything. Nothing? What if you wanna go have fun? Go have it. My fun is gonna be right here, all right? And uh, that's okay. It's okay to say no. Uh, one of your things might be that you limit, uh, maybe your rule of life is that I am only at, for me, maybe 
Uh, I'm going to be at the church X number of hours, and these other hours I, I'm fully dedicating. I'm, I'm at my family. I'm with them. I'm present to them. And maybe that's you and your job. You know, are there things that come up where there's like special things that have to happen? Let's not get legalistic with our rule of life. Oh, you have a funeral? Sorry, it's my day of rest. What? Okay, that's legalism. All right? Uh, And so we want to be more like Christ. We want to establish this rule of life. And so we begin to know God more as we spend time with him, as really we center our life around him and we point our hearts towards him, we begin to discover things that we have never known about God. I'll give you an example. I was traveling with Ray one time to Puerto Rico. I was sitting in the, literally the middle of the plane, the very middle of the plane. I told you this before, I think. I was reading Celebration of Discipline. Celebration of Discipline. It's a book. Read it. Richard Foster. And I am doing everything I can to hold myself together because of the relief that Richard Foster, through his authorship of this book, brought me, that, that disciplines aren't about legalism, it's about the grace of God working in you. And from that point forward, I knew God's grace is overwhelming. God's grace is overwhelming. He doesn't just want us to, to know about him. He wants us to actually do the stuff. He doesn't want to pressure on us, like performance pressure. He wants us just to love him. Oh, I missed my quiet time two days in a row. Lord, will you please just, I don't. He's like, hello, come on. The invitation is open. So, We begin to know the Father more intimately, Jesus more intimately, the Holy Spirit. We see you beginning to move in our lives. We discover things that we've never known about about God. Maybe in my case, his, his overwhelming graciousness that extends more than I could ever believe. And this is when we begin to exude love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Begin to exude it stupidly exude it, ridiculously exude it, beyond what we could do exude it. I'm serious. When I think about this, now not everything that we do has to be just this thing that we couldn't do on our own, right? Like I know it's God when I couldn't do it on my own. Well, I can open the door for anyone and I can give anyone a glass of water. Now, when I give my enemy a glass of water and I bless them in the name of the Lord, I couldn't do that on my own. When I heap blessings on people that truly don't deserve it, they only deserve it because of the grace of God, that is God at work. But God is at work too when you hand your friend a cold cup of water. So we start to exude this. We love people where they are. We may not get people. We find joy in the deepest sorrows of situations. Does it mean that we won't have sorrow? No. We find peace in times where just peace is not abundant, but we are, maybe we bring a presence of peace because we have Jesus living in us. We have patience. I know that's something I need. Dude, I'm raising kids. Patience, man. Okay, kindness, where people are rude. 
I mean, thank God we live in a culture that has no rude people in it. I can't imagine living in a culture that's just full of tension. And so, but we show kindness where people, you know, are very rude. We show generosity, ridiculous generosity, where someone we don't think deserves anything. We're faithful to what God is calling us to, even though we might not see the fruit of it right now. And that question plagues me that I asked a long time ago, are we willing to be faithful? Are we willing to be faithful to what the Father's calling us to if we never see the fruit? Is that something we're willing to do? Gentleness, when we, I need that. Gentleness and then self-control. So I believe this, it's only when we magnify the Lord that we can see the treasure. We can actually see the pearl is worth everything. The pearl of great price, it's worth everything. And if, if we don't value something deeply, uh, we are willing to let it go or push it to the side. And let's just be honest with our relationship with Christ. Is it something we value so deeply that, that it, 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 it grasps our attention? Or is it another option on the table? And so this rhythm that we create is so important. And it says this, uh, in the presence of God, we are changed. Where foundation, where our foundation is poured is in the presence of God. But we must know that the building process does not just happen on its own. We have to establish these rhythms in our life. To give a bit more clarity, I wanna, I wanna say this about the couples that are in, this, in our congregation, Okay. Uh, one of the couples, Joey and Stephanie, they're watching online, all right? Joey and Stephanie, they have a little girl, little baby. Dude, their life looks way different than mine. I can get a lot of sleep. I think she's sleeping through the night now. But before, forget about it. You're not getting sleep. What is that? Why does my friend look like a zombie? All right? Ah, oh, they have a baby, all right? So their, their, their rhythm is gonna look completely different. Jake and Lindsay have three kids under seven. Three kids under seven, and one of them just turned one. Dude. Diapers for days, all right? And the one-year-old, think about that, okay? Their life looks dramatically different. Jake and Lindsay, hey, we need you guys to do 18 things. What? You know? What? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Jen and I, we have six kids, from, ranging from age 11 to 17. Four of them are 14. <laughs> Give me that sympathy. Come on now. All right. And so, <laughs> come on. Give just a little bit, please. All right. Um, thank you. And so we're in a different stage. We're about to be in a stage where all four of the 14-year-olds think that they're going to start driving. I wish a joker would, all right? There are going to be some stipulations, all right? And then two years from now, they're going to be like, no, we're driving. No, you're not, all right? And so... We're at a different place. I think of Steve and Paula. 
I was thinking about you guys, I was thinking about your kids. You have more like um, ninja kids. So like they're grown, you don't even know, like they're in and out, but they could be in the room, you don't even know they're there. All right? You gotta look out of the curtains and be like, oh, okay, he is here. Um, all right, so they're in a different stage of life. I look at my mom and dad, more commonly known to you as Dave and Jan. All right? I mean, what is that? What are you doing today? Anything we want. What? <laughs> what do you mean? What, literally anything you want? Yeah, I mean, within reason, yeah, anything we want. Uh, my heart longs for you. Okay, no, but that, <laughs> there's stages, right, where your kids are gone, like Jen and I and the kids are at youth group, and we're like, this is what it's gonna be like. Don't talk. Take the batteries out of the clock. Nothing, fans are off, no noise. It's crazy. So we're, we all have these different stages, right? Maybe you're sitting there and, and you're, you're single, right? Uh, maybe you're a, just a single Pringle and you're fine, or maybe you're single and ready to mingle. I don't know. You're at a different stage in life, though, all right? And I love, I love seeing single people say, I'm just so busy. What? Are you actually? You ain't seen nothing yet, dude. <laughs> nothing. Dude, I'm working 30 hours a week. What? Ah, but different stages. So what's that gonna look like? Well, it's gonna look like different. My dad, he reads all the time. I don't know. How do you not replace your chair every six months? It's just indented. He's reading. I read this book. I read this book. What are you doing? Reading a lot, all right? That's what he's doing, and that's great. His stage of life allows him to do that, all right? And so here's all that to say we're all in these different stages of life. And now what we can do is we can use that stage of life as an excuse, well, I just don't have time. Is it the pearl of great price? You'll have time. And like for Jake and Lindsay, for Jen and I, it is, it is crafting our lives in a way that shows our kids what it is to be followers of Christ. That's what it is. And how do we do that? Well, we have to get in front of God and say, God, we're here. We don't know what we're doing. Sometimes that's a lot clearer than others. But we don't know. You need to help us, please. And so I wanna encourage you with this. And I, don't, I hope let none of it, how, how many of you guys have tried to motivate spirituality by guilt? Be honest. No one? That, I feel like it's a lie. Anybody, have you, oh, you should, why are you not, you should, you know, the reason you're, you know, all the, you have all the answers, right? And then you walk through something, you're like, I didn't know Jack when I was telling him that. Um, and, and so don't, don't motivate by guilt. Guilt is not a good motivation. I hope everything that you're hearing today is encouragement to your ears. Like, God is longing for a relationship with you. All right? We should guilt no one into the kingdom. We should love them into the kingdom. And so I encourage you with this, and this is the last thing, is I encourage you with baby steps to develop a rhythm in your life. And let that rhythm be yours and test it and, 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 and 
go through and, and practice silence, you know, and just be quiet. Well, I only, I only was able to be quiet for two minutes. Okay, it's a start. And then, you know, let that, let that grow. If, if you're someone, like I said, that's a super just constantly around people all the time, get away from people and get in God's presence. If you constantly talk, be quiet, all right? And let us always recall this, to believe is not only, it is finding something to be true, then living as if it were true. This is the key to our formation as apprentices in Christ, is living as if it were true. If we find our lives and we're saying, yes, I believe in Jesus, I believe that he's the way, the truth, and the life, I believe this, then I'm running after him with all that I am. And so this grace of habit, it might seem boring at first, it might seem redundant at first, but here's what I would say to you. It is foundational. In this apprenticeship to Christ, it is foundational that we have these habits and this rhythm of life, all right? Stand with me.